Welcome to our Fox Sports 2022 USFL coaching series. We're going to talk with all eight of the coaches in the inaugural USFL 2022 season. And we're going to kick that off today with Michigan Panthers coach Jeff Fisher, who after six years on hiatus has come back to pro football after serving as an NFL head coach for 22 years leading the Tennessee Titans to a Super Bowl appearance, winning one as a player with 1985 Bears. I talked with him a bit about why he decided USFL was the best opportunity for him. A bit of a budding rivalry between he and Philadelphia Stars head coach Bart Andrews. He's got some choice words about Coach Andrews' starting quarterback, Brian Scott, who I can't speak highly enough of, but I also cannot speak highly enough about the stories You're about to hear from Coach Fisher, who really is letting us in and lets us understand just what he's doing as the Michigan Panthers head coach from the supplemental draft to preparing for training camp to what you can expect from his team on April 17th when they take on Kevin Sumlin's Houston Gamblers. All right, let's talk to Coach. Welcome to our Fox Sports 2022 USFL coaching series, and I am pleased to kick it off with Michigan Panthers coach Jeff Fisher. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great, coach. Uh, we are recording this just after the supplemental draft. It was a 10-round draft. 80 players were selected. It went rather smoothly from what I was able to see. One of the guys that I wanted to speak with you, though, about is really a guy you took number one overall, got to hand him the cap at Protective Stadium, that would be former Michigan Wolverine Shea Patterson. Off the rip, Coach, uh, what do you think about Shea Patterson, and why was he your number one? Well, let me let me go back to the process before I talk about Shea. You know, um, you know, the league did a really really good job uh, in a short period of time launching everything, and you know, everything really got kicked off with the draft itself. So keep this in mind: you have eight teams, you have eight head coaches, eight staffs, and we're sitting there with no players. You know, in the normal circumstances, you know that that at least I'm used to. You probably have about 50 guys on your roster and you're just going to add another 10 or 12 or 15 by the time the draft's over. So we built our whole team. And so with that in mind, you know, the USFL obviously felt like let's have let's open this thing with the quarterback draft. So, you know, we spent several weeks and, you know, evaluating quarterbacks and, you know, we had a, we, we got a list and in the list that we got, they were required to have already signed uh, a contract to play in the USFL. Shea, however, was not on that list and he didn't pop up until the very end because of his commitment to the CFL. So, I had been the fortunate one. You've seen those little lottery things where the ping pong balls pop out and everything. So they had had a lottery the day before. I got was number one. But so we were kind of looking around and trying to make our decision and at least uh, rank them. And then out of nowhere came Shea. So and it became that moment where that was a no brainer. And so what was hard for me is knowing ahead of time, you know, minutes or maybe several hours ahead of time, that that Shea was going to be my guy and he was sitting over to the left of the you know the main draft headquarter table not knowing that he was going to be a panther but I knew so it was a, it was a great story so specifically 
um, you know, regarding Shay. It's um, it, it's a great story. His story is great. You know, in these situations, you do your background checks and you call people and you call coaches. And oh my gosh, Coach Harbaugh couldn't say enough great things about him. And what a fan favorite we've come to realize. And you know, you get caught up in college football and you lose kind of track of who the quarterbacks are and the relationship and stuff like that. But man, that reception when it was released that that he was going to be a, a Panther was really pretty cool numerous conversations with him since he's ready he's ready to go and excited about it so you know we couldn't have kicked off the draft or at least for our organization the Panthers any better than have an opportunity to select somebody like Shay. well I was impressed with him when I got to speak with him just after he found that he was your pick and I was really thrilled for him because he was genuinely excited to be there he was genuinely excited to play college, uh, pro, pro football excuse me in Birmingham but Coach, I want to step back here just for a second and ask you what I think is an obvious question, but not so obvious to many of us. After 22 years as a head coach, 35 in the NFL, coaching a team to a Super Bowl, part of two historic franchises in the NFL, why after six years did you decide that the USFL was the right opportunity for you? All right. Generally speaking, we do what we do in life so that you can work towards this place where you can do all those things you can't do when you're working and I don't want to call it retirement because it really wasn't retirement for me but you know eventually in the National Football League um, somebody's going to make a decision that was out of your control that decision came only once in my career and it came after the sixth or the 15th season and so I had some time off and, you know, I got recharged. I did things that I had never done before. For example, I got to my cabin in Montana, which I'd had for 20 years uh, for the first time in the months of late July, August, September, and October. I'd never seen or stepped foot back in Montana during those months. So I spent, you know, several years watching the NFL. I got into the college space from a distance, but at the same time, I got out. I traveled. I was very fortunate. I traveled the world. I fished. I was fishing all over. I fished from Argentina to Alaska. I love to fly fish. Uh, I did numerous uh, really cool hunting excursions and things like that. So I had four or five years to where, you know, I wanted to get back in, but I really just was looking for the perfect opportunity. And um, bottom line is I caught enough fish over the last five years. And, and when I was when I was contacted um, uh, over a year ago, you know, by, by the USFL and Brian Woods, it really piqued my interest because, and I hate to say it checked a lot of boxes, but that's how we talk nowadays. And it, and it really did. I mean, I'm spending my time between Nashville and Montana. Uh, we've got, Julie and I've got grandkids here. We've got two more coming in the next couple months. And, you know, this is, you know, we have, we have a home here. We have a home there. Been able to do an awful lot. But there was, there was just, there was a void. And um, I found myself over the last five or six years helping people, helping coaches, helping players. You know, the, the, my, the list of, uh, and the calls that I've gotten over the, over the years from former players and, you know, trying to help the, the, you know, the former Titans here in Nashville. I got into this. I want to help guys realize their dreams. And, and, and based on the experience that I have in all different areas, it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's mental health or whatever it is, it's I can help people. So 
you know, this was the this was the perfect opportunity for me to check that box and get back on the sideline. But in addition to that, help young coaches, uh, help young coaches realize their dream, with exception of maybe one on this small staff with the Panthers. These are young coaches that that are really, really super talented in their own way. And I'm hoping that these guys will get an opportunity to move on and do what they want in football. And if that's beyond the USFL, and that's okay. I'll, we'll replace them and bring new guys in. But this is a, an opportunity what the USFL has provided the players and the coaches. And so that's where I stand. As a matter of fact, I mean, I had, I had offered – uh, my de defensive line coaching job to two different individuals that uh, between the time that I offered them the job uh, and, and now they both become NFL coaches. So they were, the NFL was excited to hear that I was going to make them my line coaches. So they made them their line coaches. So in essence, what we did, we helped coaches. So that's kind of where, you know, that's where I'm standing right now is just sitting here an opportunity uh, to get back on the sideline with right now 45 guys uh, that and I've only met one of them in person and, and that's Shay that I'm going to meet here in the next week to 10 days and we're going to pull together really quick and we're going to have a, a team that you know if we're right if we're if, if again when we talk about drafting and things like that I mean yet last night as, as you mentioned we've just finished our supplemental draft um, we got everybody on the top of our list the only guy that was not on the very top of our list going into this supplemental by all the positions was a long snapper. And I dropped down and took him because I liked him better than the guys on top. So anyway, it's uh you know, so we, we either don't know what we're doing or we're really pretty good at what we're doing and we're going to find out. So there's a, a lot of those kind of fun unanswered questions, if you will. Well, coach, uh, I have no doubt that you know what you're doing. I also want to tip my cap to you as I got to speak with Tennessee State head coach Eddie George earlier last year, and he talked about what an influence you were for him and how helpful you were for him. And, I mean, it's got to be just a great feeling for you to help young coaches live their dream, get into the NFL. But one of the reasons you've been able to do that is you know how to build a championship roster. You know what it means to be a part of a championship football team at the highest level, Chicago Bears winning the 85 Super Bowl and, of course, leading the Titans to a berth in the Super Bowl. How do you build a championship team? Well, I mean, it, it's not something that you just you, you pull in the parking lot and walk in the office for the first time and, and know how to do it. I mean, it, those kind of things take time. Uh, but nonetheless, I was very fortunate to have time to be a head coach in the National Football League for 22 years. doesn't happen anymore. And so, you know, I had the time and, and I had the experience. I mean, you know, I, I, as you mentioned, I coached two franchises, two teams uh, in five different cities in six different states. And I'm the only one in NFL history to not only re relocate one team, but go, go out again and move another team. So, you know, I also I like to think I'm well-rounded in, in that area as well, operations and rules and logistics and, you know, or, you know, not only just building a football team, but putting together a successful uh, and productive organization. So I've had that experience and, you know, you know, to your point, yeah, we did, you know, I got, I got the Titans to the Super Bowl in five years and, and then we sustained, we got back to playoffs. Nobody won more games than we did in a five year span. And then, you know, shift gears, jump into a new, a new challenge and, 
you know, I got to the Rams Super Bowl in six years. They just didn't take me with them. So that's the way I look at it. But nonetheless, I mean, it's a, it's a great, you know, I can, I can go back on my experience. I also served on, I was a really, I was honored to serve on the NFL competition committee for 16 years. So, you know, I, I know what goes on behind the scenes. I know why the rules are where they are. And I know, <clears throat> I know how to look at things, uh, from a perspective of prioritizing when you're making a decision, prioritizing the potential unintended consequences that come from the decision that you make. And so, and that's with respect to rules or decisions and, and so on and so forth. So, um, you know, I do, I, I, I've been blessed to have the experience that I, that I have that I've acquired over the years. And now I get an opportunity to share it. Coach, I'm excited to see what that sharing looks like on the field, specifically as it relates to the offensive talent you have. Like looking at your roster from top to bottom, I'm very impressed, really, as a guy that follows college football very closely and to see the quality of players that are Panthers now. I'm just over the moon for you. But one of the reasons that I think that you were better at this is you've had lots of experience doing it, number one. Number two, uh, for me personally – the Tennessee Titans were a thrill because I grew up in Mississippi. I grew up in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, which is to say I grew up going to Alcorn State games. So when Steve McNair mm -hmm. became your quarterback, that was all of us, right? I wonder what are the lessons that you learn coaching a guy like that, coaching a guy like even Steve Young, Joe Montana, or at least being in the same room with those guys that you can pass on to these players that aspire to more, that aspire to be good pros. Now, RJ, that's a great question. I mean, I, I, you know, bring up Steve, I think about him every day. And, um, you know, it was, a, it was a huge loss for me, you know, personally, emotionally. And, uh, but nonetheless, um, we were patient with him. Uh, he was, a, he was a, just a fierce competitor and, you know, it took us some time. And, and at that time, you know, we laid it out. We said, look, I mean, we're good. This is going to be our guy. We're going to take him. Can't tell you when he's going to be ready, but will know. And, and that's what, you know, when Steve was asked, when are you going to start, you know, me would say, when are you going to play? When do you want to go to the field? When the coaches say I'm ready, you know, and that's kind of how it went. And, you know, he got all the, all the experience he needed to get over a couple of years. And then we took off and, and we ran with him and we, we did very well with him. So, you know, I, I, you know, I have that experience, as you mentioned, I mean, uh, we, I went, I went 10 games in a row with the Titans here, uh, 10 and up. Uh, didn't get a whole lot of attention because we were a small market team. I actually, I actually parachuted. I jumped out of a helicopter with 101st Airborne out of Fort Campbell and landed on the practice field just to break up the, the break it up a little bit because we were 10 and 0 and you know things are getting tense and people are talking about the Miami Dolphins. No, no, I don't want any of that. I'm going to make. I'm going to relax these guys and change things up a little bit. And I landed on the practice field as they were stretching. So, but I won 10 games with I won 10 games with with Kerry Collins at the end of his career. And so we took, Vince was the rookie of the year. So, you know, um, I got, you know, I got a, I think I got a, uh, I got caught up in some of the social media stuff. I'm not, I'm not complaining at all, but you know, they, they were facetiously calling me a quarterback whisper. Like I just ruined quarterbacks. Well, you know, if it's go fact check, your world or, you know, that's pretty good, uh, pretty good recommendation for people is before you start saying things, just do your research. And so we had success. I had a lot of success. And, and, you know, my, the reason for going to St. Louis, for example, was to, was because 
um, Sam Bradford was going in the second year. And Sam Bradford, I mean, who knows what happened to, to me into this league had he stayed healthy. But he tore his ACL in year two and in year three when I was in St. Louis. So we had to reboot and readjust from a quarterback standpoint. But um, I'm going to push on to Shea and to Paxton, particularly because what, what I've seen out of Shea, what I know about Shea, what I guarantee you he's doing right now, he's either watching tape or he's doing something in the gym or he's in the weight room or he's running, but he just loves it. And every guy that gets to the top or that, that, can, that flourishes and has success in the National Football League is wired like that. And that's how Shane uh, or Shea is wired, rather. So, And then you go to Paxton. I mean, Paxton – Paxton's just looking for the right opportunity. And Paxton's skill set is certainly a little bit different than Shay's. And so, you know, we're going to, we may use them both. Who knows? I mean, it, it's fun. This is what this league's about. Um, you we all saw what happened in Buffalo this year uh, with Josh, with the way, you know, Brian Dayball used Josh there uh, and his legs. Well, you know, we're going to use, we're going to use uh, Paxton's legs, you know, the way they, so you see where we're coming from. we got a lot of exciting things going on right now with respect to what we're going to do on offense. And I don't mean to get, you know, get off on that tangent, but I'm going to anyway, because I'm the head coach. So we're going to, we're, we, this game's going to be a fast game for, for the, the fans that want to know what this game's going to look like, uh, um, you know, on, on, on kickoff weekend, which is Easter weekend, you're going to see a 35 second play clock and you're going to see guys running all over the place. And unfortunately for us, defensive, you know, type backgrounded, you know, head coaches, there's going to be a lot of points scored and, and that's good. That's what we want to see. And so, where do you score a lot of points? Well, you score a lot of points at the college level. That's where you're seeing. So every offense is going to have a college flair to it. And that's with up-tempo and it's RPOs, it's mobile quarterbacks, and it's all kinds of fun stuff like that. So, and I mean, if you go down the list of, of coaches that are that are running programs here in the USFL, like Coach Fedora and like Coach Holtz and like Coach Sumlin, and, and not to let the, you know, disregard the other ones, but these three guys are right out of college. They, they understand what it takes to go up-tempo, fast, wear down a defense, and put the ball in the end zone. And, and so those are the kind of things hopefully they're going to see out of our, our offense as well. Coach, I'm excited to see that. I mean, I'm familiar with, as I said, a number of those players. I mean, you got 4-2 speed at wide receiver in Jeff Bidette. You've got a former first-round draft pick in quarterback Paxton Lynch. You've got talent. But one of the things that I'm most interested in is – how these rivalries will play out on the field because we have some conference USA ties with Larry Fedora, Skip Holtz, and Kevin Sumlin. But you had Bart Andrews on your staff, the head coach for the Philadelphia Stars, who's also, I think, got a little bit of a leg up on you guys in that he drafted a quarterback he's familiar with and won a spring league championship with. Can you talk, please, just a little bit about your relationship with Coach Andrews and just what a job he has done to get himself in this position? Yeah, I will. Um, it, it actually, our relationship goes back uh, a little further than just being on my staff. Um, Bart actually was my Pop Warner quarterback. So when I put the plastic on and looked out that face mask like every kid does for their first time and they all everyone remembers that moment when I did it you know Bart was our was 
the quarterback. We were, I don't know, eight, nine years old. So we played Pop Warner football together. And, and I was the receiver and the running back, and he was that quarterback. And so, so you know, we had our relationship goes way back. And, yeah, you know, eventually our career paths went different directions. I became a head coach of the National Football League. He was still – he was battling and, and just needed a break. And he, he became the NIAI Coach of the Year at a small school in Montana, and I gave him an opportunity on my staff. And so, you know, we go way back. And to your point, RJ, yeah, I mean, I'm – you know, I have an idea what to expect out of, you know, out of Kevin and maybe out of Mike and out of Todd. Todd and I, I mean, how about – I mean, real quickly, I mean – Todd was the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. I was the head coach of the Tennessee Titans. I took my team in there. And and first time in a long time in the NFL where a team had two 100-yard rushers in the same game. And that was me. That was Lindell White and Chris Johnson. So so Todd and I have some history together, too, that we've talked about that's really fun. But Bard, on the other hand, Bard has made a career and a good career um, out of participating in alternate leagues. And so he understands better than anybody what it's like to go in to a situation where you have a small coaching staff, where you are smaller than what we're used to, what we're, we're used to, and you have a small roster and he knows how to put those things together. And so, you know, I've leaned on him a little bit as we've been, as, as the league is being put together. And, you know, we're, you know, he's asking me about my experience committee and now you guys would do this here and I'd say well how did you practice you know with this number of players so yeah Bart's the one so I wouldn't say you know from a rivalry standpoint um you know he would he maybe yeah I I think I'm gonna take that back yeah 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 he's the one I want to beat right off the bat so um yeah I'm gonna beat them all and uh I'm gonna beat the ones in my division twice and um we'll just see what happens and I'm not gonna I'm not going to, you know, take take my foot off the gas either. So we're going to have some fun. He said we had one conversation with football people can appreciate. And it was I call him. I go, this is about a month ago. I go, I go what are you doing? He goes, oh, I'm just just working on some protection things because I'm because of your ass and all that stuff that you do on defense. I said, oh, so you're going to. We can do you can put the tight end outside the wide receiver, then motion him down and then reset him and line him up just to see if my safety comes in with him. Cause then, you know, my safety's blitz. And he goes, yeah, kind of. So anyway, we got their stuff going on. We'll see. We'll see how it all shakes out. Now coach, I'm fired up about that. I mean, I'm here for football and I'm here for good football and I'm here for scheme and I'm here for strategy. So you're speaking my language there. Uh, but in the time that we have left, I want to ask you some questions that I'm giving to all of the coaches. Uh, it's not to single you out, but we are trying to get a sense of what the league means to the coaches and the competitiveness from each one of these coaches. So the first one of these questions is, who is the best offensive player that you've seen selected who is not on your team, not a Michigan Panther? Wow. Well, um, you know, man, I've looked at so many of them. Let me let me uh, let me answer a different way. There's one guy that I'm concerned about, and you've already mentioned it, and that's Bart's quarterback. Because Bart would not have gotten into this had he known he couldn't get this this kid. And Occidental College won the spring league thing. I mean, you couldn't talk to him about quarterback. Somehow, some way, he ended up with a guy he wanted. So. 
that's that's going to be a concern. I've met him. He was down there. Really, really impressive young man. Just you know, just kind of you can see why he's got uh, why 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 Bart's so excited about him. So that would be a concern. Would be to see how how he's going to operate. So that would be probably the guy that I'm most concerned about. Brian Scott is an outstanding dude. I got to know him a little bit. I've had some phone calls with him, and he's fired up too. Matter of fact, I'll give you. Can a you next time you see him, break his finger with a sewing hand for him. No, he, look, I'm asking him about what the offense is going to look like. And he says, hey, I'm not trying to give too much away here, RJ. We might have to play Coach Fisher in week one just before he knows what the schedule is. And I'm, I'm yeah. dying because that's where he's already at. Well, Coach, I want to – Well, let me put it to you this way. Over all my years of experience, I mean, I, I you know, clearly faced some really good quarterbacks. And so the hardest one to get to was, was number 18, Peyton Manning, right? And you could play him, you know, four games in a row and over two years in the division and things and might get an unblocked rusher and, and, and hit him in the back only once. And, and when you do, he looks over the sideline and he winks and he smiles and he's that smart uh, of a quarterback. But we did get to him. So if I can get to Peyton Manning once in four years and four, ga- four games, I'm going to get to Brian Scott before he knows it. And I hope he's watching. So. I love this, Coach. I love it so much. Oh, I want to flip it. Oh, defensively, is there one guy that you are marking down as saying, hey, when we go play this guy, I want some extra effort put into stopping him? Well, yeah, you're going to – I mean, I don't know that there's an Aaron, Rod, uh, 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 Aaron Donald out there. But if there is, you're going to have to take that same approach to team. you got to know when he's on the field. When he's off, he's on the field, you're going to have to double team. And that guy may line up in any position. We'll figure it out. But offensively, we've – my approach is not to con- be consumed with the talent of the player that on the, on, the, on the opposing team, on the defense, to where you get away from what you're doing offensively. I saw that happen so many times in the league. I'm going to go after him. If he's that good, I'm going to make him prove to us that he's that good. If he's a corner, he's going to he's going to be breathing really heavy. If he's a linebacker, then, you know, he's going to get tired as well. And if he's a D lineman, then we'll see how he handles double teams. We'll see how he handles traps. We'll see how he handles running and chasing and up-tempo. And, you know, if we can up-tempo, if we up-tempo and, you know, and we got a defense tired, I'm going to try to get the ball back as soon as I can. And so, yeah, there's different ways of going about that. But I'm I'm looking forward to that challenge. As a matter of fact, not to get too deep into the weeds here, but I talked to my staff. It's just a small staff. They spent, imagine the time that they spent ranking the players that they coach. So take a receiver, a guy's coach receivers. He's gone through this. He know, he's familiar with 30 or 40 or 50 re- receivers. Well, right now, most of those guys are on other rosters. So he's our only source of information to relay it to the, to our defense as we get going and preparing. It's a pro scouting void there. We don't have a pro scouting department. That's the, the, all the evaluations are going to come from your coaches. So there's going to be a lot of dialogue and a lot of conversation. So we'll pinpoint, we'll know, we'll call them red dots. You know, I just want, who are these, who's, who's our, who are the red dots on the team we're going to face this week? Meaning their top three or four players on special teams or their top playmakers on offense and defense. And we're going to, we are going to attack their red dots. 
my last question for you, Coach, uh, is I understand drinking from a fire hose with more than 600 guys in each one of the draft pools over three days put together. But is there one team here that you are looking at to say, man, what they did in the draft is uncanny and we already have to start planning for this specific team based on their top to bottom depth? Well, I'd have to go. I'm just going to go to the team that we opened against. That's that's where the focus is. You know, all the focus is on the opener. And and you have to do it that way. And so everything that you do from the time you report to camp to the time, time you start the walkthroughs and, to the, and your practice sessions and, you know, you got bad practice, good practice, you know, those things all are – you're doing those things to get ready for the opener. So I would say it's the team we open against, okay? It's, it's, it's Kevin. And watching Kevin draft yesterday – did uh, did you did you follow the supplemental? Did you yes, see? Yes. Okay, was did he not come up there and say with the whatever pick in the supplemental draft, the Houston Gamblers select, and then he gives a name and an ID number, and then he says wide receiver, defensive back, uh, offensive line, kicker, punter, and long snapper. The guy does everything. Okay, so that's the and that's where I mean, and there's a lot to be said for that because of the small roster versatility, versatility and player flexibility, being able to come in and and you might be a wide receiver, a starting wide receiver. But if a corner goes down, you jump over and you finish the game as a corner. Kevin's going to have a lot of those kind of people. So, you know, not only do you got to go in and see and go back to what what he was doing offensively, you know, at University of Arizona or Texas A&M. But, um, you know, what what his defensive guys are doing scheme-wise. And so it's those – it's that behind-the-scene brain trust type of stuff that you've got to get ready for. So, to me, our biggest rivalry, the long-winded answer to your question, is the team we're going to open against. Well, Coach, I am excited to see the Michigan Panthers play Kevin Sumlin's Houston Gamblers. Going to open the season April 16th with the New Jersey Generals at the Birmingham Stallions. And then you guys are up Sunday morning, Easter. I'm excited about it. I'll yeah, and one thing, RJ, one thing I got to add. So mm-hmm. we play Sunday, right? Okay. And then we're going to come back again and play Friday. So we have a short week. We have the, we're the first team to have, to have our week shortened by two days. So the second game we play, watch out. Our guys aren't going to be happy. We're just going to just take a nap, grab a biscuit, and come back out and play a couple days later. Michigan Panthers coach Jeff Fisher, thank you so much for being our first in our Fox Sports 2022 USFL coaching series. I appreciate you so much. Well, thank you. It's uh, I'm privileged to, to launch this and kick this off. and. Um, I don't think you're going to find anybody more excited than I am about what's going to happen in the lair.